0: It is is fairly well known that in order to be saved from our sins and the punishment that they deserve, in order to be saved, we have to have faith in Jesus. There are many passages that I could cite as proof for this, and I'll just give you one. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Faith and baptism make for salvation. Unbelief brings condemnation. Now, since faith in Jesus is so important, it shouldn't be surprising that the devil should want to mess around in this area. The devil's specialty is theology. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, it was through the devil's false theology. They weren't brought into temptation by their lower passions. It was by means of their higher spiritual abilities that the devil convinced them that the rule that God had given them was rather arbitrary and maybe God was holding out on them Do not think that the devil only deals with filth and blood. He dresses up as an angel of light and puts on his preaching gown and teaches religion. So it is also then, when it comes to what I'd like to talk about today, deceiving people about faith. But before we get into how we can be deceived it makes sense for us first to know what it means to have true faith. And the main thing that you should always remember about true faith is that it is absolutely, mandatorily connected with the Word of God. Adam and Eve's first sin was despising the clear words that God had spoken to them In preferring something else that seemed better and wiser, faith must stick with what God has said and refuse to be moved from what God has said. Adam and Eve should have told that snake to take a hike, but unfortunately they were charmed by it. Faith must absolutely be tied to the word of God, but what then does that mean? Beware the devil here too. It's very easy for us to fall into a chain of logic that goes like this Faith must only rely upon the Word of God, and the Word of God is recorded for us in the Bible. And the Bible is an awfully big book, and I'm not a very good reader. And even when I try to read the Bible, I often find it confusing so I guess I won't ever know the Word of God because I'm not going to be able to master the entirety of the Scriptures. Now, the more honest and direct conclusion that should be drawn from that chain of logic is that I guess I don't and I won't have a true faith. But since people know that unbelief means hell for them, That's not the conclusion that most people draw. Instead, most people just kind of throw up their hands and say, I guess I'll just have to hope that I have faith. I'm sure not going to read the Bible. That's way too much work, and I'm not smart enough. So what that means is that you won't do anything seriously when it comes to God's word, and you'll just have to hope that that's Good enough. This is dreadful and unnecessary. It is dreadful because it is the very opposite of faith. Everything is left in doubt. Well, I can't master the Scriptures, so I guess I'll just have none of it then, even though, in fact, no human being has ever mastered the Scriptures. And it's also unnecessary. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that we have to memorize or master everything that has been revealed. The scriptures do say about themselves that they are inspired by the Holy Spirit and that they therefore are profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. So you should never believe that it is not worthwhile to learn more and more from the scriptures But there are some things that God has said which are more essential and upon which our faith is necessarily dependent. Getting to know these essential teachings has been the primary task of the Christian church from the very beginning. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Therefore go and make disciples a disciple is a follower or a student. And so Christians from the very beginning have been teaching others the very things that they themselves have been taught. And what did the apostles and Christians teach? They didn't just sit down with a Bible and start with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. They certainly could have, and that wouldn't have been bad, But probably those ancient people weren't too different from us today, and so they collected the most essential teachings and taught that to those who might become Christians. Now, we have a very handy and time-tested tool from this tradition in the Christian church with this little pamphlet called Luther's Small Catechism. It's not very big. I'm not talking about the book called Luther's Small Catechism with the explanation. The explanation greatly expands the content so that we end up dealing with a pretty big book again, and then we end up with all those complaints and laziness that people have with the Bible. No, I'm only talking about the original Small Catechism, little pamphlet, simple, a child, Could read it. Profound though, so profound in fact, that it can't be mastered. Luther himself said so. And I can even make the material smaller than just this little pamphlet. In the Catechism, there are two first chief parts the Ten Commandments and the Creed. They are what is really quintessential, the essential of the essential. And these two first parts of the Catechism answer two utterly and absolutely fundamental questions. Huge, important questions. One, who am I? And two, who is God? The Ten Commandments answer the question of who I am. I am a sinner. Why? Just because I say so? No. I'm a sinner because I've broken all ten of the commandments. So next time someone asks you who you are, if you really wanted to get to the nitty-gritty and the fundamental about yourself, you could answer, I'm a sinner. They might look at you kind of funny. And who is God? God is the justifier of sinners. God created me And God sent his son to be my Lord and to redeem me. And God sanctifies me by the Holy Spirit, giving me faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord. God justifies sinners. God has tied himself up with his very nature with justifying us sinners by Christ's holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. So when it comes to having a true faith, which absolutely and mandatorily must be tied up with the word that comes from God, these two fundamental questions tower above everything else. Who am I? I'm a sinner. And who is God? God justifies sinners. And if you don't have those two fundamental things straight, it is impossible for anything true or beneficial to come about with anything else that the word of God might say. So if you want to go to heaven, that is, if you want to have a true faith, I can give you no better advice than to diligently read your catechism. Again, the pamphlet, not the book. We give these catechisms out for free, If we run out, I'll print some more. They're below the mailboxes in the back. And even within the Catechism itself, the Ten Commandments and the Creed are the essential of the essential. They're tremendous guides, if you will take them seriously. Examine your life and your faith according to them, and you will be able to avoid countless errors and tricks of the devil thereby. Now let's get into some of those tricks just a little bit. In a way, there's no end to the devil's tricks. What I'd like to talk about today is just one that commonly afflicts folks in our circles. It's very common for our people to pretty much follow the rules, go with the flow. But we certainly don't want to go overboard when it comes to how we're supposed to live. This is a kind of Christianity we can develop for ourselves where we are choosing for ourselves which commandments we might want to keep. Maybe we don't like to pray all that much, and so we break the second commandment, or maybe we're just really independent and forceful characters, leaders, you might say, and so, of course, we don't want to honor our parents or other authorities that God has placed over us. Or maybe we have a thriving business, But the successfulness of that business depends on us lying and cheating and abusing our customers or our workers. Or maybe we have a hot head and we just can't help it. Man, we get mad. And anger burns within us. Maybe we like to Twitter about what's going on with everybody else and we can't keep our mouths shut. Or maybe we don't like hearing God's word. Or we don't like the pastor. We don't like the church services. Or we had a fight with somebody at church. Now realize that all the while, and in the midst of all these sins and more, it is not uncommon at all for us to believe that we just totally believe in Jesus. Boy, oh boy, do we ever believe in Jesus. We just believe in him so much. If you play Amazing Grace, don't be surprised if a tear should come to our eye. Our society, and especially our churches, would be much better off if there were less bragging about a faith that just might be imaginary and hypocritical, and instead paying more attention to the word of God. And not even the whole Bible, which of course would be fine, but just the Ten Commandments. Just pay attention to the Ten Commandments in the creed. And if we paid attention to the word of God, then we'd actually know that we're sinners. And we're in the wrong. And we might repent and change our ways. The word of God says that the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit. A broken and contrite spirit God will not despise. But not a lot of people are going to do that. Because it is awfully convenient to ignore God's commandments while relying on the belief that you are a believer. Relying on the belief that you are a believer. And this is very convenient because then you get to do all the things that you want to do. You can basically be the God of your own life. You have the knowledge and you can determine what is good and what is evil. And pity the fool who might tell you otherwise. And then after you've lived your life just the way that you want to live your life, you get to go to heaven. Because the scriptures say, do they not, that whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And if there's one thing that you know for sure about yourself, it is that you are a believer in Jesus. Boy, oh boy, are you a believer in Jesus. But what if your fake, made-up faith is just that? And frankly, how could it be anything but fake? Any so-called faith that allows and basically encourages you to go deeper and deeper into lawlessness and sin, that can't come from the Holy Spirit. That has to come from an evil spirit. So... Then, how should we handle all those breakings of the Ten Commandments that even Christians with a true faith might find themselves doing? Again, remember that true faith is utterly bound up with the Word of God. So, may God bless you by having the Word of God come to you so that you may repent. May God's name be hallowed among us and may his kingdom come among us so that you may repent. Having the Ten Commandments around and having a true interpretation of them is a tremendous gift from God. You have no idea. Most of the people have no idea what the Ten Commandments mean or even that they're there. It's tremendous to have these around And those who despise and ignore these commandments also usually end up having God take his word away from them. Realize that you really are not in control of your own faith. True faith. True faith is worked only by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. So those who make themselves deaf to the commandments can end up having God totally and irrevocably make them deaf. He scatters the proud in the imagination of their hearts. So do not despise and neglect the Ten Commandments which reveal your sin. When God reveals your sin to you, that's never fun, and you shouldn't expect it to be fun or easy, but you should understand that it is good. And even that it's a gift. Thank God that he reveals afresh, once again, who you are. Who are you? You're a sinner. So you can turn away from all that self-justifying and instead believe what God reveals about himself. Who is God? He justifies sinners. This true faith which lives on the word of God, is kind of like a bird. Birds don't sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. They are dependent upon their heavenly Father, feeding them with their daily bread day by day. And so it is with the true faith of, our, of a Christian. Our faith is in need of constantly being fed day by day, bringing us to repentance and faith over and over again until we finally die with faith in Jesus. Whenever anybody talks about faith in a different way from this humble and needy kind of process, I'm immediately skeptical. Maybe I might give some credence to someone saying that he or she has gobs and gobs of faith if they scrupulously keep the Ten Commandments, and if they are gathering with and encouraging their fellow sinners, and if they're living all of their life in a life that's lived to God. But that's not what usually is going on. Instead, they talk about how much faith they have for the very purpose of you leaving them alone. They don't want to hear God's commandments. They don't want to repent or change. They don't need to, you see, There I think you can see they've been tricked. It's not really their fault. They've been tricked. Instead of boasting about how strong your faith is, I think it's much closer to the truth to boast about how how good God has been to you by faithfully bringing his word to you, like feeding a bird every day. This is what's behind Paul's advice, that if we need to boast, then we should really boast about our weaknesses. Christians are thankful when they realize how God has pulled them out of the pit, out of the pit of unrepentance and unbelief again and again. And we should believe that God will continue to be faithful to us. God is faithful with this feeding of the birds. He will continue to be faithful to us, bringing his word to us. We shouldn't live in terror of God withdrawing his word from us. But I will say this, on the other hand, when God speaks to us, we need to listen. Don't make yourself deaf. Don't make yourself deaf to it or remove yourself from it so you don't hear it, lest God should remove himself from you the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.